Welcome back to another episode of Breakthrough Conversations. I'm Ryan Ortega. And I'm Brett English. And we've got not one, but two special guests here today. We've got Douglas Karunakarin. Did I say that right? Nice. And Callum Barson. These guys are the founders of Amongst Men, the uh, Man Tribe, All Male Dance Academy. But it's a lot more than that, isn't it? Mm. Not just dance. Like, could you really give us like, the nuts and bolts of this organization that you guys have built? Yeah, yeah, 100%. So it is, it is advertised and labelled a strip dance academy, um, which we were talking about today, actually. Mm. The word strip and stripping obviously means like your clothes to reveal who you are and to be in the confidence of that. So um, really empowering men to just strip behind the layers as to who they think they are and mm. truly step into their power and claim um, their essence on earth. That's what we're about. Mm. And we do it through dance, man. Yeah, dance is the medium in which we create connection, mm. you know, between ourselves and other men. Yeah, and so yeah, the men come to learn how to dance, but they get far more out of the experience. Awesome, man. Mm. And what made you guys start this together? Like, what was the the spark that sort of said we got to do this? Um, so it came came to me uh, on a dance floor, bro. Um, at Scarborough, show. Peach Pit. No, nice, nice. Bye, bye, bye. I was there, I was just boogieing, I was vibing out, I was feeling the space and like all these women were dancing all around us and there, there were a couple of men in that space dominated by women. And um, one of the ladies that was dancing there was a partner of this dude that was watching. And my friend at that time was like um, curious as to what this man would think about the dance and he went up to him and was like, hey bro, you know, how much would you pay to be able to dance like that? And he was like, I'd pay that dude a hundred bucks an hour. And, yeah, okay. That's, that's and, beautiful. And yeah. at that stage, I was still sort of seeking to be of service in yeah. some way or form. And I was doing like one-on-one life coaching. Still didn't have a proper movement for myself. And I, and I was aspiring to have one. And Biho, my, my good friend, came back and he's like, bro, that dude just said that he would pay you a hundred bucks an hour to do this. And mm. in that moment, man, it was just so much for me to receive. I was like, a hundred bucks an hour for this? And I was like, I have to do it. I have to do it. So I went back, seshed out for a whole month, just like me and my laptop, came up with this 10-week course. And at that time, I had a really high-power coach. Um, yeah, awesome coach by the name of Spence Madden, who helped me with my purpose and um, constructing this into a course. And then once it was constructed, ran it a couple of times, and then Callie B walked in the last season. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and now it's like, exploding and get, getting to a point of expansion where we are just growing and evolving. Mm. Dope, man. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. And you guys, you guys friends before that, did you come together to yeah. build this? Yeah, so it all just kind of like stars aligned, things clicked into place. So I, my involvement with Amongst Men has just been very recent and mm. so is Doug coming into my life. So I was living in Margaret River. I've been living yeah. kind of like down south the last mm. few years. Absolutely loving it, but felt like I needed a change. I needed yeah. a sea change. So I thought I'd come back home, which is Perth for me. And um, I saw a, a gentleman named Alexander Waters, who's a good friend of Doug's. He posted, oh, like, I just finished this thing called Amongst Men, this 10-week men dance academy. And I was like, man, I want, I want in on that. So I reached out to Doug, and we had a, a live call, like, just video chat. And he said, um, yeah, man, we'd love to have you in the movement. And we actually have a room available at, at the cockpit, the house that we live in. So, the cockpit. Yeah, the oh, cockpit. Nice, okay. <laughs> it's just all men's house. Anyway, we can yeah. circle back to that. But, um, and I was like, you know what, let's just take a, take, a, take a risk on life. Let's see what happens. So I chose to move in and I stepped into the movement. And then week three, I reckon, by that stage, I was like, Doug, I, I want in. 
Like I want even more than just be a participant. I have mm. skills that I feel like I can bring. I see the potential of what is what is happening mm. here. So I'd love to be, you know, behind the scenes and bring this to life. So, nice. and then through that and through this, we've just fucking become best mates and uh, have a beautiful many years to come together for sure. Mm. That's nice, man. Well, what are some of the things you guys are seeing in like young men that come to you guys for sort of embodiment or power or just taking the layers off to become more of who they are? Like. What do you yeah. see that's the main obstacle for these people? Beautiful, beautiful question, bro. And we were literally jamming about this um, earlier on today. Um, yeah. One of the brothers messaged me and we were having a conversation about some pain points that men are going through um, mm. right now. So thank you for asking. And um, yeah, the very relevant one is um, men that do not have good support network mm. out there. And they feel the need to get a coach or um, be in some sort of an investment where that's the only source of network that they have access to. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that is just, uh, yeah, that's not right. It doesn't feel like it's a natural thing that should exist in life. Um, and an ecosystem where you can get support from should be, um, yeah, something that one should be able to just have in life man and as, as a, a dude a man I have that and I'm so blessed to have that and we just want to be examples of that being available to other men mm-hmm. and brotherhood is a, is a word that comes to me a lack of brotherhood True. a lack of yeah. men having other men around is a, is a very big pain point mm. Mm. yeah and there's such power in this movement so for the last three and a half years I've been a facilitator of um like outdoor red camps for young people, like mm. 14 year old boys taking them out in the, out in the bush. And, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, facilitating experiences and conversations and helping these young, really young men to open up. And I've absolutely loved it with a passion, but I found part of the challenge I was having was being able to sustain a ongoing relationship because, you know, they're 14, they would go back to school, I'd never see them again. Mm. Yeah. So now coming into a space where, you know, we can enter, walk the path with these kings over 10 weeks and then now like even further along, like I've made now friends for life Yeah, and yeah, that yeah, will continue special. and the relationships can continue to keep building and growing this brotherhood mm-hmm. as Doug mentioned can just like get stronger yeah. and that's really, really important because a lot of the interactions that people will have with coaches or other people who's, yeah, you have these connections, you have this fun like two weeks or three weeks or however long the duration is and that's kind of it mm-hmm. and for me, and I'm sure I speak for Doug, that's just not good enough. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're in this, you know? Yeah, and how did you get to the point where you're connecting movement and that support system? Because you're doing dance. How did you get, yeah. or how, did, how does dance connect with that support system or giving men mm. that empowerment? Yeah, yeah, awesome. Fuck, man, you guys are some good questions, bro. <laughs> um, so for me, dance is an expression. Yeah. And anything that is an expression um, is on the physical 3D, right? So if dance is an expression, amongst men is another expression as well. And I feel like, um, yeah, just tying in with how can this be a support network, uh, an example that I can use from amongst men is yeah, there's this dance aspect and we catch up as brothers and we have sharing circles and we connect and um, celebrate and hold each other. But from that space, bro, there's like other movements that are coming out and about. And there's a dude that's running um, cacao meditations, started this, started next year, and he wasn't even in, at the headspace to start one. But now he has the support to be able to do something like that and have mm. his own expression, have his mm. own movement where he's gathering people. Likewise, there's um, a hike that we went to yesterday um, yeah, it had a lot of amongst men crew there, but there was also men that weren't part of the amongst men crew. And 
yeah, this this expression um, and movement. I, I really feel like dance and expression and movement mm. really just ties in all together. And when I say three D, whatever you embody within the flesh, that'll transfer over energetically, spiritually. Mm. So when you get confident with you know movement and expression, your intent to like for me, my intent is to gather more men, to have more experiences where it's creating new memories for brothers to love and cherish and support each other and those charges and those memories that are created from that space of intention they get to exist on the 3d as well yeah and yeah it's it's i guess the best way i can answer that yeah yeah, yeah. look i would say you guys are doing something very similar here with this podcast yeah. you know it's like it's not enough just to have cool conversations with people in your life anymore we're at a stage now it's like hey we have the skills the resources the ability to do some cool shit with what we know mm. to make an impact in the world and it's the yeah. same for us. It's like dance is a cool tool. I fucking love to dance. This man's been doing it 10 years. It's not enough for us as pioneers of mm. conscious impact to mm. just be dancers. Mm. It's like, yeah. hey, let's use this as a medium to actually promote a bigger message here. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, love that. Love that. Wow. Yeah. That was a very articulate man. I got yeah. to say that was awesome. I like the way you talk. Very power, A lot of power in it, man. Yeah. But also your actions pull up on that too, obviously building this. So that's, that's awesome to see. Mm. The other thing I wanted to ask you guys was, because I know... Um, just the way you guys are speaking, you sound very uh, knowledgeable in regards to spirituality and things like that. What are some of the obstacles you guys have faced to get where you are today with that mindset and the taking action? And <laughs> oh, this, uh, we, can, we can go on about this. Uh, yeah, I don't have time, but sure. Um, I, I, I reckon I'll pick one. Yeah, okay, I'll pick one. Now. You pick one, I'll pick one. <laughs> okay, easy. Um, biggest challenge was cutting out the noise um, when I was going through the journey of like discovering my spirituality. Um, on this specific direction that I want to be spiritual and I want to um, be a spiritual being, which just really took me away from who I am, bro, and my flavor. And I had examples of leaders and people in the spiritual community, um, and they're in Perth as well, obviously. And um, I have to say big blessings and prayer to them because they were an awesome example of what it, um, what it feels like to be connected to source, I can say, in their own way. And... Mm. Um, and it was good for me to have experienced those leaders and their movements and what they were preaching about, which allowed me to find more of myself. Um, but it, at the end of the day, like some of the movements and leaders were leading from like a pedestal. Mm. They were leading from like, I'm a healer. I am this. You come to me mm, to, yeah. to be healed. Like a Messiah complex yes, kind of yeah. thing. Right? Yes. Yes. I get that. Yes. I get bro. That. yes. I'll That's that now. <laughs> <laughs> I am Messiah. <laughs> and... And like, yeah, there's some awesome like shadow work to be, that I had to do to consider where am I like that in my life. And I'm so grateful for the reflections of who they were in my life and all of that. But that was fucking noise, man. That was, that was a lot of noise that yeah. didn't serve me, that didn't serve um, unity. Yeah. I feel like unity is something that should exist from ground up as one instead mm. of the pyramid. Yeah. Um, that's just my value. And it didn't align energetically. Um, and that noise, um, other things like, just everything, every every noise that's happening in the world, like crypto, NFTs. I know these are all noises, but sure. are they are they the main thing for me? Because, mm -hmm. bro, I launched amongst men when lockdown just happened. Everyone was fucking going haywire, face mask. Everything was just like out. So much noise. Mm. On top of that, there was crypto, NFTs, and all these like different waves of making income and safety and security and. I'm not like, you know, bagging out crypto and NFT, but you know, they were all noise and I just had to fucking focus on me, bro. I had to focus on like, what's the main thing for me? Mm -hmm. What am I? Who am I in all this noise? And tuning into that 
has been the most spiritual thing that I could do for myself. Mm, it's just yeah, finding it's me yeah. in all that noise and trusting that voice louder than the noise. Can you reiterate the question for me? Um, to be honest, it was the biggest obstacle that you've faced into getting where you are now and taking action and just you know, sort of being who you are. Man, I think um, the biggest obstacle I face is like kind of being a bit of a black sheep. And what I mean by that is like choosing to live an alternative lifestyle from what is like uh, expected of me. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say I'm a religious person, but I say I'm a very spiritual person, like mm. feeling very interconnected with life and people and mm. what's around me. And I know that, yeah, my parents, they did such an incredible job, but they had a certain expectation of the, the life pathway I would choose. Mm. And I very much fell into that. And I tried to do that, tried to go to uni, do all these things, and it just never stuck. It never vibed. It never felt mm. right. My poor soul was like, man, you got to listen to me here. So I think the constant challenge I'm having is that battle between what society expects me to do or what I'm kind of told to do and what I actually want to do, what actually fucking turns me on, mm. you know, what gets me hard, what lights my fire, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's been a few times where I feel like, yeah, be the black sheep, but now I call it the gold sheep. You know? <laughs> like, I'm out there just fucking dancing, having a great time. Okay, that's, that's good, man. And um, I just got to give, yeah, some beautiful acknowledgement to to a, a movement called the Liberators. I'm not sure if you're familiar with these guys. No, no, no. So they were a huge part of my development, yeah. man. And um, Peter Sharp's definitely a guest you should have on this podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. And Pete, like, he had a vision and he helped, you know, liberate people and, and gave them spaces to dance and do social experiments and connect with others in meaningful ways and Mm. you know when I was 21 I discovered these guys and for like six years you know five years I was heavily involved and they taught me a lot around getting out there and self-expression and and, Mm. and that so that really helped me but um, definitely that challenges yeah so you guys had mentors it sounds like some good people (sighs) showing the way man I wouldn't be here without the mentors and the coaches that I've had in my life yeah Mm. but you know what in saying that it's I can't help but call bullshit because it's like you are your best mentor. Yeah. So these people out here are going to guide you and they're going to share some wisdom and knowledge with you that they have mm. learned that they might help. But ultimately, it's a, it's a you have the best answers for you from your gut. Yeah. And then you're the one who's going to take those actions and then fucking choose to embody it. So mm. there's mm. definitely been a lot of people who have helped us along the way. Mm. But for myself, it's like, at the end of the day, who does it come back to? It comes back to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. Have you ever had the feeling that like you go through mentor- mentors or you're, you're seeking from answers from, um, from psychedelics, but intuitively you know the answers <laughs> within yourself? You know what I mean? Like you have yeah. the answers. But well, that's boring. Bro. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you have the answers, but no. why, why you're, seeking answer, you're seeking psychedelics or you're seeking mentors to confirm the answers that you know within yourself. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I... Man, I just want to say, fuck yes to what you said, bro. And I want to catch something else that you said as well um, about, uh, I think you mentioned like taking action before. Yeah. Um, and the action that is required when you are in a mentorship or, or in, mm. in a psychedelic experience, it is your duty and responsibility to integrate those learnings. And it, it is a massive um, like thing that needs to come from within. Mm. Um, and the action that is required has to be aligned and committed like for a, for an amount of time for it to be actually embodied in you. That's not only for like spirituality and um, yeah, I pay respects to my guides and my mentors because they could see something that I could not yeah, yeah. about myself mm. and they felt it and yeah, Spence, Madden, awesome dude 
And um, bro, this man could see my future and my purpose in life. And he, and he spoke it to me. He spoke greatness to me. Mm. And it's one of the values that I now embody in my friendships is to speak and prophesize the greatness of my friends to them. Mm. Um, which which allows them to actually like become better versions of themselves yeah. and to hold them in that prayer and hold them in that vision. Mm. And I wouldn't have had that embodiment from if it wasn't for Spence, if it wasn't for his guidance mm. on my journey of life. Mm. And that is the action that I had to take and embody to you know be guided and also learn and be my own mentor mm. for that journey. Yeah, I, I think you raise an important point though. Sometimes that uh, external source of accountability and inspiration is so necessary because we have those days where we can't be bothered going to the gym or can't be bothered, you know, going to the dance studio. Can't, but then yeah. there's that accountability that there's that someone showing up for you and you're going to show up for yourself. Mm. So I think, yeah, and I'm kind of contradicting what I said. Yeah, we can rely on ourselves, but it is helpful to have other mentors and guides out there to just yeah, yeah. help us along the way, you know, when yeah. we start losing sight or yeah. whatever it might be. We actually had a conversation on the car ride here about um, one of my dance coaches that I'm working with at the moment, G Madison. Mm, yeah. Fucking yeah, phenomenal dude, bro. Well-renowned. I'm not going to go into who he is. Mm. Um, but yeah, well-renowned dancer. And I was telling Kelly that, oh, you know, I, I think I'm just going to take some space away from him to integrate what I've learned because what I've learned and who I've become in this like eight-week journey of dance with him, bro, next level, man. Mm. Change my life, um, change who I am. And he was like, but then again, if you were working with him, you'd be held accountable for the integration. And I'm like, boom, that is so true. That is so mm. true. Oh, true. I know with, with his guidance, I can 10X on this um, embodiment that I've just become and just walking another eight weeks with him is going to compound. Yeah. And I, mm. it's such a good investment, such a good investment for me and where I'm going in my journey of life. Yeah. Just for some additional context, so Doug's yeah. saying, you know, it's literally tied in perfectly. I'm thinking about not working with G next year. Um, I'm thinking about just taking the lessons I've already learned from him and implementing them into my life. And then I'll retouch what I said. But if, if you have him as your coach, your guy, whatever, you are going to show up. You are actually going to implement those things. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, just yeah. going to be some nice idea that doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Yeah, it's, uh, and, and it's really interesting, right? I, we, we had this conversation earlier around, you know, we're in this stage now, we're getting men such as yourself mm. joining the movement for next year. And we were, Doug was having some voice memos with this, with this guy mm. whose name we won't mention. And he was like, oh, my life's a bit all over the place. But when I get grounded and when things get settled, then I'll consider jumping in. Mm. But it's like the fact if he jumped in, his life would actually get grounded and centered and the pieces would fall into place because he has now the brotherhood. He has now the accountability. He has a support network. Yes, sure. You know, he has some fucking skin in the game, yeah. which is so important. So yeah, true, true. It's this really contradicting kind of experience. Like, oh, I'll wait until I'm ready and then I'll commit. And it's almost yeah. like by committing, now you're ready. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And man, I just had this like awesome visual of like commitment actually being the most grounding thing that you can do for yourself is being committed to a journey or a, an experience um, mm. or an interaction or a yeah, journey with a coach, being committed to that eight weeks. Mm. You have to fucking show up for those eight weeks <laughs> to this dude because you've invested in yeah. for eight weeks of your life. Mm. And yeah, it is super grounding. I feel like now that we're not doing amongst men and like you know, the movements that I, that I have in my life, I don't have to show up to that. And my life is in such free flow. <laughs> <laughs> too much <laughs> way too much free flow bro and it's amazing like the experiences I'm having um, the pleasure and just life it's it's great um, however it's not grounded I don't feel grounded yeah, yeah. it's because I'm not actually showing up to a commitment um, yeah 
and yeah, commitment is like grounding as well. Mm. Yeah. What, ad- what advice would you give someone who's who is in a state of fear into jumping into the commitment? True. I feel like every eagle has its moment, man. Yeah. Ready to take the leap of faith. And yeah, the mother can show you how to spread your wings and fly. And there's so many examples for you to see, but it really just comes from within mm. as to when you're ready to fucking jump from that ledge and yeah. fly. Because yeah, it has to be a call from gut. Yeah. Your life experiences might push you there. You might have some fucking severe trauma and be in some groups of friends that you just don't fuck with and you're like, I'm done, I want something new. And then you can jump or you can just be in tune with self and know what's good for your higher self. And mm. if you if there is a journey that aligns with that, boom, jump. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And what what what, yeah. what did you do to connect with your higher self? Like what what practices do you implement to mm. connect with your higher self? Man, that's a good question. I would say um, Recently, I've started doing this work uh, with a group called Spiritual Fight Club. Yeah. And they started on the east coast of Australia, which I love. It's like finally there's a, a grounded masculine movement of mm. self-love and spirituality that was birthed here on this land. And their claim to fame is that they liberate men of suffering or they liberate people of suffering, you know, yeah. which is like mm. claims of the Buddha. And so the work that I've been doing with them is actually like having these conversations with parts of myself so rather than being, I am angry, I have a Mr. Anger inside of me yeah. and I can close my eyes and I can drop in and I can speak to this part of myself mm. and see what he needs, see what wisdom he has to offer me and then being able to treat him with love yeah. um, rather than this hate relationship. Like, and it, it kind of loops back to the fear rather than saying Mr. Fear, like, oh, get out of here. I hate that I feel afraid. It's like, hey, Mr. Fear is like, he's keeping me safe. Yeah, like, he's come for here for a reason. Okay, I'm afraid of joining this mm. dance movement. I'm afraid of asking that pretty girl out. Like, mm. You know, let me check in and like, why is that fear there? Oh, um, Susie said no to me at the dance when I was eight and now I'm holding on to that. It's like, cool, man. Like, yeah. I love you, bro. Thank you for letting me know that. I was like, maybe you want to dance with me instead. And, and so like starting to foster these healthy, loving relationships with like all parts of me is, mm. is a way that I've been recently kind of tapping into my, you know, what you call a higher self. self. Yeah. But I feel like, mm. you know, supplement and complementary to that, man. It's like anything that gets you out of your head and into your body like music and dance and the ocean, nature, like things that just put you so immediately in the present. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just that, you know, that's that's ways that I, I tap yeah. in. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Fuck yes, bro. Yes, bro. Yeah, and this... yourself? Um, first, I just want to back up Spiritual Fight Club. I haven't actually been part of the movement, but I have been experiencing great liberation for myself from just the byproduct of what Callie's learning and he's been speaking about. I've just been practicing it, man. And yeah. the connection that I have with self, even last night, um, yeah, just conversations and care with myself. I'm so um, grateful that it, that exists in my reality because of the work that Spiritual mm. Folklore does. Yeah. And um, really vouch for them. And um, for myself, bro, I've been raised by a man of God. My dad's yeah. a pastor. He's a powerful man of God. I've seen this man preach in front of like 20 people all the way up to 2,000, 3,000 people and mm. sermons, healings, exorcisms. I've witnessed my father um, be an example of what it, what it means to be a man of God um, and Christ is his God. And um, yeah, after witnessing like all the healing and being part of worship and experiencing Christ um, and feeling that energy in my body and like how it feels, I'm so aware of what that is and I, and I have deepest respects to that, man. And I know um, now... 
uh, from an understanding of like all religion and what they're here to do to serve, serve the people of this land and the cultures that exist on this land and the stories that these um, religions speak of. Um, yeah, I, I, I see that for me, it's just very important to embrace my flavor yeah. because even Christianity, what my dad was preaching, mm. all the mentors, you know, all the spiritual leaders that I've come across, um, yeah, they show a path, but who am I in all of that? And, and, and finding that resonance of like, yeah, I really fuck with love and unconditional love, but I don't fuck with this, this, this. And, and like Christianity is the only way I don't like that. That's not inclusive of other religions. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is not unity. That's unity is one of my values and that's not unity. So mm. I love the seeds of Christianity, but this is a no. And just a navigation through like different um, concepts, ideas, readings, religion, religious beliefs. Um, and like, I'm talking like astrology, all of that. Who are you and all of that? That is your higher self. Mm-hmm. Whatever yeah, you yeah, resonate yeah. with, that is you. Just tap into that. And then that comes from gut. That comes from your body. So trust the body as to what, it, what it's feeling. And if you get, if you get goosebumps, or if, you, if you're like, oh, man, I fucking feel that. I feel that. Like, that is you. That is yeah, you. That is yeah. your higher self. Mm. Trust that. Yeah. yeah. And this is a cheeky plug for amongst men, but like the lap dance workshop that I was just thinking, I'm like, that is, you're connected to your higher self in that moment because you are, you're being, you're being called forth to like be the best you in that moment, you know, to be a dancer, Mm. to listen to music, to embody a character, Mm. to be with the feminine, you know, in this, in this dance and, and it's nervous and it's exciting and you're fully present Mm. and, you know, you just have to, you can't not be tapped in. You, you can't not be there, you know, you're just all there in that moment, in that experience, um, living life on your edge, you know, I think that's really, really important. Yeah. Mm. I'd love edge. to throw it to both of you. How do you guys want some practices for yourselves that have you tap in? Uh, mm. For me, it's probably meditation and obviously reading good material, feeding my mind with positive content, spiritual content, whatever I can to sort of drown out, like you said, the noise and all the bullshit coming in. I just want to guard my thoughts always, mm. super aware. What am I thinking? How am I feeling? Does this belong to me? Mm. Belong to someone else, you know? Um, but for me, meditation was the, the main thing. Mm. One of the best meditations I like to do is uh, sun gazing meditation. The sun's coming right down. That, for me, like, I can feel my whole body just vibrate. Like, sometimes I start seeing, like, patterns in the sky and just, mm. like, real, like, true connection comes from that. And I just feel like I'm buzzed for, like, a few hours afterwards. So, mm. that's yeah. strong. Strong meditation. Yeah, <laughs> Ooh, bro. Yeah, yeah man. Um, I think for me, um, it's always been training, I think. It's just been one of those, because I'm just looking over things that I've done throughout the years. It seems like training is just one of those things that takes you out of your current state. And you mm. have to be right there, right then, with whatever you're doing. Mm. So um, training, um, daily meditation, I think those two are probably the biggest ones. Movement and meditation. Mm-hmm. So I think like, that's why when you say that music is uh, music and dance is a connection with the self, it truly resonates because connecting with your body is also part of connecting with thyself. Mm-hmm. If you can connect with thy body, you can connect mm-hmm. with thyself. So like, the gym is what I use to connect with my body. Mm-hmm. But I can also see how yoga, dance, and other elements of movement can also do the exact same. Mm. So that's how I connect with my eyes. So. Cool, bro. Yeah. <sighs> Love that. Yeah. Yes, man. Yes. I've got another question for you. Just because you said that your dad's a pastor, Christianity, well, my stepdad's like a really strong fundamentalist Christian. Like he's pretty much like always preaching about it. So one of my biggest things is like integrating 
all these spiritual lessons, but not just leaving religion behind and just going, I don't believe in any of it. Mm. You know? mm. How has your concept or idea of God changed since you've had mm. these spiritual experiences and you know, done things that were outside of the scope of Christianity? That's a beautiful rabbit hole, bro. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and firstly, I just want to say I love, respect, and adore my father for the man that he is on earth. And mm. without him, I wouldn't be here. Mm. And without his teachings, I wouldn't be the man that I am. And secondly, um, yeah, man, I, I, I was, I'm just going to give a little bit of context. So I was like raised by my dad, full Christian. I couldn't ask any questions about um, other religions in my household. So my curious mind was like, what the fuck is Buddhism? What the fuck is Hinduism? Mm. Uh, my dad's older brother, he's a very well-renowned guru in India. Myavan, and Myavan um, Bhattibhai is, is a beautiful man, powerful man, bro, really powerful man. And he is Hindu, and my dad's Christian. So and they're like, brothers. They're brothers, brothers yeah. yeah. Wow. And it, it's very cool because I've experienced both of them in the same space, um, and it's intense. And mm. um, one man believes in the culture of Hinduism, um, which, it, which it is very Indian. It's like extremely Indian, and Indians love long stories and yeah, um, just a lot of attention to detail. And for example, like I have Lord Shiva on me and this was the first tattoo that I got on my body and mm. it's completely not Christian. Yeah. And I did that because I felt Lord Shiva um, with me on the journey of life, giving me some potent um, understanding of who I am through his journey, his story. And he's a cosmic dancer, he's a warrior, he gets rid of things to create new. And I really loved all those concepts of like who he is and the duality that he is. And I resonated with him more than I did with Christ at that mm. stage of my life. But growing up, I really resonated with Christ. And then I took a step away from Christianity where I'm like, I'm done with this, I just want to explore. And I read so much about Shiva and I was just like, this dude is me. Like I really feel Shiva just as me walking through me and, and I still do, man. I still do and carry deep reverence for Shiva to flow through me. And just this connection of like different archetypes of gods that have existed in, in stories that, that lie in the history of this world, these archetypes um, and their journey, the resonance of what sparks me and ignites me about them Mm. is is my higher self is what um they serve the purpose for for me to connect with myself mm. and if it is through buddhism or if it's through another leader um i really believe that everyone on this earth are gods um and with amongst men like the intention for it is you are a god amongst men mm. humbly humbly how can That's you true. be that humbly mm. and yeah i really feel like um yeah, spirituality and like religion, uh, there's a lot of um, duality that we can speak of, the pros and the cons, but once again, mm. it just comes down to resonance. That was beautifully yeah. put, man. Yeah. Mm. How, how was your upbringing when it comes to spirituality, religion, yeah. and family and that sort of thing? Yeah, great question. I was going to touch base on this. So anyway, I grew up in a very traditional kind of household. Mm. Um, my parents were never religious, like we never went to church, you mm. know, none of that sort of thing. So I never had a relationship with God. God was never a word that was really used. It was, you know, uh, it was something you'd hear in movies or seen a book or whatever it was. Yeah. And it probably, my first experience was until I went to high school and I went to Monday College in uh, Joondalup, 
North River and it was a Catholic school and it actually took me years to get in. Like my academics were awesome. My athleticism was awesome. Mm. I lived in the area, but they, they were reluctant to let me in because I wasn't Catholic. I wasn't, I'm not even baptized. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, so yeah. How dare you? I, <laughs> I'm out of here. Um, so they finally, you know, let me in. And that was the first time I was having the experiences of like God and, and mass and prayer and, and Lent and, you know, eating little bits of bread. And, you know, apparently I ate those I wasn't meant to. <laughs> didn't, go to didn't go to hell for that, apparently. I was like, oh, man, that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's terrible. Ain't no sourdough, bro. Um, so that was the first time. But I, what I appreciate about, what I appreciated about it then and still do now is, you know, people taking intentional time to give thanks. And uh, I can see that in that space. And there's this like uh, universal thing of love that kind of goes through um, people of faith. Mm. And I think that's really important. And then I guess I've just created my own religion or my own relationship to God. Mm. And, you know, through my journeys and my traveling and meeting people and dance and all these things being like, there is more to life than just science and substance and matter and atoms. Like there is some higher power out here that has created this beautiful reality, whether you want to call it God or the universe, or high, like whatever word art. resonates for you. Yeah, yeah art. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of been my relationship to nice. to religion, and and for me, it's like I I think love is number one. So you know, if you're Hindu or Catholic or Christian or um, mm. whatever, it's just like if you believe in something that makes you feel good and gives you a sense of purpose and meaning and connection to to yourself and others, then mm. I, I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah, mm. I agree with that. I feel like you have a very um, uh, unbiased perspective because you you didn't really grow up with like um, mm. Christian. I grew up Christian as well. So through your experience, what is your definition of God? <laughs> <laughs> Just straight in. It's a hard question. <sighs> I'm gonna say God is the oneness of all things. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> straight answer. That's good. Oh, I love that. I love man. That. Yeah. Has he, have you ever had? Um, mm an experience where you felt that true oneness, like a a moment where you were just like, bang, okay, that is what oneness is. And I've had several of those moments and I think it's so hard for me to recall them because I was so present in it. Yeah. That it's like, yeah, it's not like, oh, I'll save that memory for later. Mm. Yeah. Um, Mm. Yeah. It's really interesting. Funnily enough, the first thought that came to my mind was actually, um, uh, in 2000 and let's say 17, it's a bit of a guesstimation. I was, uh, competing at a high level in motorcycle sports Yeah. and I had been in invited as a wildcard to this national level event and it was hosted here in Perth oh, and we, we yeah, threw in challenge dope. stadium and had all the top riders from Australia. And, and because I was in WA and quite at a good level, they kind of let me in, but I was like punting well above my average in, in this experience. And, and the sport is called trials and you got to balance and hop and jump over obstacles and rocks mm. and logs and, and all these like gnarly. Yeah, with your bike. Yeah, with yeah, the bike yeah. without falling off or putting your feet down. Yeah. Anyway, I got to the, the last section, the last kind of obstacle course I had to ride and I'm in front of like two and a half thousand people, like big deal, you know? Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> like at, being at my limit, kind of coming back to your higher self, my, my edge, you know, like mm. being called forth to this experience in this moment in time. And, you know, by this stage, I'm cooked, I'm exhausted, I've, you know, been putting on this show and I had to jump this gap, you know, it was like two or three meters in distance mm. here to that railing away. And I, and I jumped this bike and I launched through the air and as I land, I landed way too far back and the bike slipped out underneath me. I fell on my back 
you know, just like total almost semi-destruction. And in that moment, I stood up and it was like, you know, it was like life coming through me. And what I naturally did, I stood up and I took a bow. <laughs> I stood up in front of two and a half thousand people, right? And I just gave one of these. And the whole place just uproared. And it was just like, and I felt that. I was just like present and connected with everything. And it was like, it didn't even matter that I fell off. If anything, I'm grateful for the fact I didn't nail yeah. it. Yeah. You know, because mm. what came through me was this, this, yeah, stand up, take a bow, and then just cheer and celebration. And I was just got on my bike and rode away and later just laughed all out, just bowed in front of a couple of thousand people. I just stacking it real bad. Yes. Dude, that's a fucking decent yeah, story. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Man, you know what makes a good life? Having lots of stories like that. Mm. Yeah. If you can tell a few good stories like that, you, you're doing something right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. We, we always have, we have this thing when we're in Thailand. And if you're twiddling between decisions, you're like, all right, bro, which one's going to tell the better story? Oh, I like that. I love that. Yeah. And what, what was it for you, bro? The feeling of oneness of God? Um, I think for me, it was, uh, I, I would always take it back to like my first DMT trip. I think that was, that was the one time I was just like, one, holy shit, there's a lot more to this reality than what is mm. being presented and what you experience. Yep. Mm. And two, there's no, there's no other connection more true and more genuine than the connection of oneness and love. I think that was, that, that was my first DMT trip. Mm. Um, mm. And the second one I'd probably say was in Thailand. It was in Thailand. It was, I think, seven of the boys... Again, we were on shrooms. <laughs> Here we go, it's a story coming yeah. out. <laughs> we were on shrooms, uh, we're in Pattaya, beautiful place. And um, it was in the middle of the night, I think it was like 12, 12 p.m. in the middle of the night. And it was just seven of us looking um, onto the beach. And you could, uh, it was just one of those moments where you experience true clarity, mm. where it was just like peace. Everything was just silent, the water was still, you could see the the ship like miles and miles away and it was just clear and crisp and that was one moment I was just like this is what true presence and clarity mm. feels like I think those are the two moments in my life where I could probably say that it was the mm. were the moments where oneness first came to a light in my mind mm. yeah mm. Mm. How about you, yeah. thank you for that thank so. you for that um, well, the, the oneness, hey, one thing comes to mind when I did, I, um, I had a hit of this bucket bomb. <laughs> I, had, I had way too much. And, and weed, yes. for, weed for me just like pushes me over the edge where I can mm. just like see everything, like mm. psychically, it's, it's, it's immense. And um, I couldn't like stand up, I just let's go lay down. But my friends were talking to me, whenever they were talking to me, asking about how's your friends going, how's your family going, I was talking about how they're doing. And I just, and I just realized that I'm talking about myself. That everyone is just a reflection of me, you know, mm. the faults, the good, the bad, the, all of it. And I was just like uncannily like clear that you're just one with everything. Everything is a reflection of you and that's how reality sort of works. We're all just interconnected. But I go home, lay on my bed, I just can't even move, close my eyes and I'm just like standing in this place with this huge screen like all around me like this. And then all of a sudden I'm just like pulled up this purple like vortex of a tunnel thing into this infinite void of just nothingness. There's absolutely nothing. And the feeling I had was just like, heart open, that's connected mm. with everything, like what is this place I'm in right now? And the voice is like, this is your mind. This is infinite. 
whatever you mm -hmm. want to do in this life, whatever you want to build, you build it here with your thoughts, with your mind, you design it. And as time goes to pass and the more energy you put into it, these will begin to appear in your reality. It's like anything that you want to do. And I was just like, who is this talking? You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I had like, it just went on for like about an hour with different things I was seeing. Like I saw an alien's face with his eyes reflecting the earth spinning. And I could feel the mother earth, like Erna, like speaking, like crying. Was like, it flat? No, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was round. <laughs> flat earth. Definitely round. But like the feeling I felt from like this alien, but also the earth was just so like immense and loving. It's like such an appreciation for the planet, you know? Yeah. yeah. All like, the, the bad things that go on this planet are like the pillaging of the earth and like you know, all that kind of stuff. You just feel that, mm. that pain. But in that pain is also awareness of love, you know, mm. and the sacrifices that the earner makes for us, you know, because if she really wanted to, she can click her fingers and boom, we start again, mm. you know. But yeah. I really feel like we're on this huge shift right now. All the people, the planet working together to, you know, bring in the new age, to bring in, to step up to our power and align with our higher self and really change things and take control of the planet. Like this is our fucking planet. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like we're here to take this shit back, and you can see the youth, like you guys, stepping into your power. Like mm. all these young people growing up with this different mindset of like, how can we heal? How can we do better? How can we get away from this? You know, corporate, commoditized everything. Mm. You know, it's just a, it's a suicide run. Mm. Like we're just depleting the planet, moving forward without really looking. We're wearing blinders. Mm -hmm. But this all came through in that like wow. our vision. There's so much stuff was going on. This internal voice was speaking to me so loud, and I could just feel like my heart like exploding, like tears running down my face. And I was like, I was aware that I was in my bed, but I was also aware that I was somewhere else. Like all your thoughts are actually somewhere mm. in, in the higher dimensions. They're not actually just like inside your head, they're out there. Like our mind is the universe. We're just the micro and the macro. It's all just one. That was just a fucking immense vision that I had like yeah, that's, that's three beautiful. years ago. That's yeah. crazy. Yes, man. <laughs> Thank you for taking us there. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. That was yeah. very well articulated. That was so well put. You painted mm. the whole picture. And yeah. man, I love that. Mm. Mm. Really mm. felt you and felt Mama Earth. And yeah, it's a beautiful experience. Mm. Bro. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is, man. But Buc bucket bongs back on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> While on DMT. Uh, I hook you up. <laughs> but I want to bring it back to one more thing. Um, what are the biggest, the biggest fear that you guys have or how did you surpass that fear? Mm. What is the biggest fear that we have? Yeah. Oh, shit. That you're sort of working on or you've already, already surpassed. Because for me, fear is that one thing that sort of holds me back. I've, a lot of stuff comes through me, like channeling, ideas. But for whatever reason, like I procrastinate mm. and I don't do it. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to be judged. I'm going to be condemned or like, I'm going to get shot like John Lennon or something. You know what I mean? Like, all this like weird, like anxious thoughts. So I was going to ask you guys for a bit of help in regards to overcoming fear. And if mm. you guys, if you guys have been there and done that with judgment and things like that. Man, the, uh, my greatest, my deepest fear is abandonment. Yeah. Being mm. alone. Mm -hmm. And, um, Look, it stems from a couple of places, like growing up as an early child, but kind of not. Mm. I had half brothers and sisters. My eldest brother, Justin, mm. forever rest in peace, died when I was five. And oh, wow. I have no recollection, you know, of, of, of my brother. And I had several occasions growing up where best friends would like be fucking really tight with me. And then mm. they were gone and I was kind of left high and dry. And that's been a regular theme mm. over the course of my life. Mm. Um, Ex-partners who say, yeah, we'll be friends for life and then fucking never want to talk to me. So yeah. there's just been these moments where it's like, man, I, my deepest fear is that I'll fucking just end up alone. Mm. And the sad tragedy of that is then I start living into that narrative. You know, if you ask any of my friends over the last few years, you'll, they'll say, oh yeah, Callum's a fucking na a nomad and a traveler and 
because I've been just choosing to run away mm, and yeah. move as soon as things get uncomfortable or like, oh, you know, I just, I, I start living into that and it's fucking come up so strongly with me and Doug. Mm. I've now got like probably the best mate of my life, like straight up ever. And I feel these parts of me, even as I speak them right now, so afraid that I will lose this. Yeah. Um, mm. So there's two things that I've been doing that really helped me in, in, the, in the face of fear or the space of fear. Mm. And the first one is kind of coming back to spiritual fight club and, and starting to build a loving relationship with this part of me. Mm. And this is something I used to not do in the past. Like I would just fucking kind of deal with it or get on with it or run away from it. But now actually slowing down to be like, hey, Mr. Fear, you know, or even what am I afraid of? I'm afraid of, yeah, taking my shirt off in front of a woman or I'm afraid of mm. having that uncomfortable conversation. I'm afraid of asking Doug if he wants a co-founder in this movement mm. and learning from that. But the second one is just fucking practice, man. It's like shooting a basketball, riding a bike. You, mm. you do something enough times, you get better at it. True. And repetition is the mother of all good things. So mm. for me, it was like, okay, jump off a cliff, ask that pretty girl on a date. Learn how to lap dance, play guitar, perform mm. publicly, be on a podcast, whatever it is, and start to build this relationship with myself and this trust that like, hey, in the face of these things that scare me mm. and that are challenging me, I know I can back myself and at least give it a go. Yeah. Respect. Respect. And yeah, fuck, man. Like all I can say is um, to overcome fear... It's the little wins that really matter for me. Mm. It's getting up and nailing my morning routine for that day and just celebrating that or mm. nailing my weekly routine and I was consistent here. Like I had really good consistency here, but not here, but still celebrating those small wins, man. It just like gives me this level of confidence within myself that there is progress and with that progress, there's change, which allows me to take action with the bigger fish, the bigger shit that scares the fuck out of me. Mm. And it takes time to get there. It mm. just takes a lot of like celebrations, good self-love for self, building and cultivating like good resilience, cold showers, doing shit that scares you, asking that girl out on a date, mm. um, speaking your desire out to the world. Like, man, I was afraid to have a best friend like Kelly. I was even afraid to say it because of the same similar life experiences that we've had. And, mm. Um, to change that story, to change that story and like step in, yeah, parts of my body are like, oh, like, bro, this hurts. And being with them and still appreciating this friendship and allowing space for this friendship to exist and this um, movement of amongst men to be co-founded now, which amongst men wouldn't be what it is right now if it wasn't for you, bro. If it wasn't for his input in, which has allowed me to just surrender more into like what wants to flow through. And fear is really just the obstacles in the way. Fear, fear really molds, mm. molds who you are mm. um, and through the obstacles the way. So mm. I think environment is like so mm. crucial here. I think the power of environment is probably one of the most underrated, you know, unspoken things, mm. tools and practices, you know, and bringing back to like my, my trials when I was writing, I was, you know, 17, 18, 19, like coming up and I had a mentor and, and he believed in me. And this is, you know, coming back, weaving mentors back in. And there would be like, man, you know, there would be a rock, the, the, the height of the ceiling that he'd want me to jump my motorcycle from there up there. And I'd be like, nah, it's not happening. He's like, go on. And he would go stand at the top, like, you're going to do it now. And I'm like, oh, shit. And, and I, I did it. And I didn't in that moment believe that I, ha I could do it. Like, that's too much. 
but I had someone in my corner backing me and supporting me. Mm. I've got you. Mm. You can do this, you know, mm. and, and make it happen. And then boom, I'm up. And the same thing occurs in the studio with amongst men. It's like these men probably on their own wouldn't learn how to dance or they wouldn't give a woman a lap dance. So they wouldn't openly share their feelings about what's going on in their life in the circle, in the men's circles that we mm. run. But as a result of the environment and being surrounded by other like-minded men, kings who are in that same journey, mm. it encourages you to just kind of push that little bit more into, into your fears mm. because we are doing this together and we are supported. Mm. Yeah. So, mm. Nice, well, nice. Like yes, bro. And I've got this one final question. How do you deal with the haters and negativity? Because I saw your post today. It was very powerful. You know, like <laughs> I'm assuming you've gone through some things and maybe some pushback resistance when people mm. see someone trying to rise to be their best self, they're always like, oh. Yeah, know, yeah. You get a bit of that in your life? Fuck yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, man. And like, you know what? I feel like I, I'm so grateful for those experiences, man. Mm. I feel like it really tests me as a leader and how I respond to them mm. and test my leadership in the moment of when it's happening because I've been face-to-face with people that are trying to rip me down and tear me apart from their insecurities or just wanting to bring someone down to make themselves feel good Mm. and still holding them in like prayer and still setting straight boundaries in front of them to, you know, how they speak to me or Mm. yeah, I I really feel like um, I'm going to land that with saying love the haters. I really do. I thank, I thank the haters. I'm so grateful for them, man. They mold me Mm. into the leader that I am. And at the same time, it gives me so much good practice to practice um, boundaries. Yeah. Like, how am I going to receive this in my reality? And where do I want them? Because that's also in my control. Mm. And I can let that fuck with me. I can allow that in my reality to fuck my shit up and everything that I do. Yeah. But I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. Because I know where it's at. I know what it serves me the purpose for. And I'm going to love that and accept that and uh, not push push back or anything just have a dance with it dance yeah. with the haters mm. yeah. I think something I really want to acknowledge in you bro is your voice is louder than the haters voice like you're yeah. a very loud animated person <laughs> if you can't tell yeah. and so it's like who you know if we're in a room and, and there's Doug and there's someone else and they say hey let's you know let's get get, get this over with it's like you're going to be like fuck Doug's the man because you know his voice his power and belief in yourself you know and the way you project you know it, it outshadows what the haters might say Mm. Um, which is very different from my style. Like my style is, is I wouldn't say ignoring, but it's kind of like the news. You know, I just turn that shit off. I, yeah. I don't need to listen to that. Like I haven't got, I got my battles, my energies better spent in doing the things that I know that I'm good at, that make yeah. impact, that serve, that make me feel alive, that connect me to the oneness and not listen to what the fucking haters going to say. Mm. And if anything, the haters are a good sign that we are on path. We are doing something that is, you know, shaking mm. a little bit, mm. rustling some feathers, mm. uh, which which means that we're probably exactly where we, we should be. So yeah. yeah, and and I also so. want to say, bro, um, like haters are a good point of feedback as well mm. because it's necessary in life. If everyone is just like fucking licking your ass, then you, you're <laughs> living it. You're living a very um, you know one sided reality. Yeah. Yeah. Haters bring that balance. In. Yeah. they yeah. bring the balance in, and as I said, the opportunity to set boundaries is also an opportunity to reflect. Like, is what they're saying actually true? Mm. and check in with self without being triggered um, and see see them, see their point of view, feel them and then know the resonance of what is true and what's true. coming through. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. like one of the biggest things is just kind of like when you're um, receiving someone who's negative or aggressive, it's kind of like what love are you seeking? Like what love did you lack? 
mm. that you're mm. trying to project right now. You know, like most of the time, it's something that they did not they did not get when they were younger, or they just um, they're just crying out for, and it's just kind of like you can you can retaliate, which is what they want. Mm. So you're giving them the love or the perception of the love that they need, or you could be calm, let it go. Mm. A beautiful example of this is like one time I was walking down, walking down through Northbridge, and this guy bumped me in the back. And um, I was like, hey man, just make sure you're watching where you're going. And he like turned around, got super aggro, short guy, Irish. He's like, what the fuck did you say to me, bro? I was like, dude, just watch where you're going. Got super aggressive, we started raising his voice. I was just calm, collected. There was two of my boys behind me. I'm like, hey man, I'm sure your mom told you that if you're going to walk next to someone, or you're going to go walk past someone, just say common courtesy, excuse me. He's like, what the fuck did you say about my mom, bro? I was like, look, man, are you listening to what I'm saying? I was like, did I say anything negative about your mom? He's like, no. I was like, okay, then why are you getting aggressive? He's like, why are you so calm, bro? He's like, I have no reason to raise my voice. So it was, a, I think, at that moment, something switched. Mm. And he was just like, I'm so sorry, man. I'm going through something very deep with my dad right now. And I have... And I'm just retaliating. And it's like, if, if there's anything that you need, if anyone starts on you on the streets, just, just let me know. I got your back. So I was just like, okay, cool. I was like, what the fuck? Like, what, what were you lacking? Like, were you just lacking that sense of boundaries or were you just lacking that father figure mm. or you're missing some sort of love? And mm. at that moment, you, re you received what you needed so much so that it clicked in your mind. Mm. So and he was he was maggot he was smashed. So it's like when you're receiving haters or negativity, a lot of the times that I think it's just kind of like they're just lacking something and just crying mm. out for it. It's like a child crying yeah. out for, for love or whatever. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, hurt people, hurt people. people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. Mm. They just need. Mm. So I really want to honor you yeah. for that, bro. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. special. That's yeah, yeah. It was it was a very mind opening moment. I think. Yeah. Very mind opening moment. Mm. It's like a strong yeah. masculine presence to just like calm the guy oh, down. Right? Like, flipped him. Yeah. 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 I would I would be really fucking calm if you were calm to me, man. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, is there a question you wish young men would ask you guys? Something you really want to express or tell people or help people in some sort of way? Mm. Mm. Would you like the answer to this question? Or what is the question, what question would I like to be asked? Essentially, yeah. Mm. Or something that you really want to teach or express to young men? If I was young, bro, and I needed some direct guidance, yeah. um, and if I, if I got some guidance on this one thing, it would have made like, yeah, my journey of life a lot better. It's this mm. understanding around sexuality. And I know this is an ocean in itself, and yeah, there's yeah. different waves um, as to how it inundates in our current reality, mm. the spectrum of what that means as well. But that, that noise, like... Yeah, it, it took me down some journeys and I'm really grateful for them. But yeah, created a lot of havoc and chaos and treating women differently. And um, yeah, a lot of, I guess, misery in the, in, the, in the journey of finding my sexuality. Mm. And not only for myself, but also the people that were involved. Mm. And yeah, very big inspiration for me and amongst men is having experienced a lot of misery in sex and the sexual energy um, and strip dancing being something of the sexual energy. We want to be, you know, we want to stand in the way for healthy embodiment of sexual energy and against the misery of 
what exists in sex. Yeah. And that can only happen from truly embodying who you are and showing up. And yeah, I can say just more understanding around sexuality, growing mm. up and having men to have open conversations with young, young men, young kids that are curious and to create that safety um, within the relationship for those conversations to exist, um, being brought up in an Indian Christian household, that's taboo, bro. Yeah. Mm. There's, there's nothing. And I was so lost. I was so lost. And that journey of being so lost, I'm so glad I found myself. But mm. yeah, now this is my mission. I want to I mm. help other men find who they are sexually mm. and reignite that because that is life force, bro. Yeah. Mm. That shouldn't be suppressed. Yeah. And um, the understanding of that life force at such a young age would have changed the whole course of my life. Yeah. Mm. I'm grateful for my journey. And yeah, if I was young, that's, that's the guidance that I would have. Mm. Yeah. Powerful. How did you navigate that, like, that journey between like your taboo, like Indian um, upbringing and a hypersexualized society? Mm. bro i was the black sheep as well man yeah yeah super black sheep um so christian indian and i was a stripper Mm, so you can imagine the rebel that i was against everything that what my family is and stand for what i've been brought up as the reason why that is because bro ever since i was young i just fucking loved the opposite side like where everyone was i just wanted to be somewhere else i was like even in classrooms, I'm like, man, I just want to be fucking out there, climbing trees, fucking yeah. doing shit, <laughs> running around. I not here. I resonate with that, man. Yeah. Yeah. Not here. I don't want to be here. And here always sounded like boring, stupid, didn't want to know about it. And my mind was just like, I want, I want to experience and know it all. Mm. And through the journey of life, I, I went wild, bro. Lost. I was just like mm. running through, experiencing, exploring without um, strong values. Mm. without a ground and um yeah i feel like ah um a really big a really big indication as to how i'm here is what ignited me and that also includes sexually i i was so suppressed for 18 years of my life living with my father and i was Mm. like under the idea and belief that I had to be married to have sex i have to have a wife to be able to experience intimacy and I was just fucking 18. I'm like, no, man, no. <laughs> and I, on my 18th birthday, I had a beautiful girlfriend. I won't say her name, a uh, Croatian lady. And Croatian, yeah, Croatian. yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Magical. I took come back, leap. Come back. <laughs> um, I took the leap of faith mm. against my values. I experienced that pleasure. I'm like, I'm, I'm all in for it. So ever since then, I've just been on this like pursuit of um, filling that void um, that I speak of in, in my journey of life, filling that void with women and pleasure. And um, yeah, um, navigating just through what ignited me, mm. brought me to where I am and, and just trusting that fire within and also having good role models, man. Yeah. Good, role, good sexual role models. Yeah. Yeah. Men that speak um, about the sexual energy in the spiritual space and also other spaces and um, guide other men to be in a healthy embodiment of um, what it means to be a, like a good spectrum man, like Aubrey Marcus. He speaks a lot about his sexuality, just men yeah. speaking about their sexuality, <coughs> like role models, mm. really helped me like fine tune who I am and all of that as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a very like difficult space to be in. What do you think about like no, the no fat movement? 
I, I say I say fap, but don't ejaculate. Oh, that's a, that's a difficult one. Yeah. It, it is a difficult one, but it's an important it's process. It's, it's like, you know, process, the, the, the non-ejaculation, the sublimation, the holding of your seed is so important. It's something I'm still quite new at learning and embodying myself. Oh, yeah. But, you know, being able to still connect with yourself in this loving way and not need to have that fucking finish mm. in order yeah. to be fulfilled. Mm. Um, yeah, so yeah. I, I believe, I think, you know, as we talk about no social media, I think it's good to have times off from everything, from mm. sex, from drugs, from, you know, from this, you know, like go camping, um, from fucking masturbation, whatever it might be. I think, mm. I think it's important to reset, yeah, reevaluate, yeah. reappreciate, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love that question, bro. I love that question. And, um, I'm not going to sit here like I'm a master of sex. Um, I intend to like sublimate and cultivate my own sexual energy. And when I say like, um, fap, what I really mean is like, make love to yourself. Yeah. Learn what makes you fucking turned on. Mm. Um, and I feel like that is so important, man. And it starts with like senses and music, taste. Find the flavor that I speak of is that, is that like, if you can find your flavor in, in like loving yourself and not coming, um, bro, that's you penetrating yourself and penetrating life. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and it's so much better when, like, I have had the time to practice loving myself without a partner. And I've struggled to do this in relationships because there's always this, you know, other person that meets my needs sexually, so I don't have to do that. And I feel like even if I'm going to be in a relationship in the future, I would love the time and space to, like, fuck myself and love myself um, so that I'm actually bringing something to the table. I'm actually bringing mm. something to the bed. Or the kitchen, or the wherever we are, forest. Um, I'm bringing something that is me that I'm so proud of that I would love to share mm. with this person. And um, yeah, um, also gonna say that in this journey, I fucking came a lot, bro. Like yeah. there's there's a lot of failures, and mm. try not to beat myself up for that as well. It's a beautiful journey, <laughs> and. The winds are fucking massive, mm, massive yeah. winds. Um, mm. Love making is like through the roof. Before my experiences of sex, as to what I've been taught by um, porn and all that, is penetrate, ejaculate, finish, cuddle. That's it. But bro, it's it's a journey. Mm. It can be a whole day of deep connection, breathing together, journeying out in the world, and like feeling each other. And then when love happens so deeply, yeah, it's beautiful. But it still continues after mm. that. Yeah, and. No coming has really taught me about that sex is not only like the act of penis entering a vagina, it's actually who you are, who you are in the story the whole time before you fuck. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and all the emotions around it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I feel like a lot of people, they go into relationships not realizing that you, you have to love yourself first, truly, in order for you to love someone else. Like, if there's no source in the river that is like form thyself what can that source be someone else mm. you know what I mean yeah. so if like I think that sexual element for men is very important like for I, I'm not sure what it's like for women but I think it, it, for men that sexual energy I think it's like Napoleon Hill from Tick and Grow Rich says like maintaining and utilizing that sexual energy is the key to creation mm. so creation in this realm and then and mm. to really think about it, like it's the most powerful force that you have. Like you can actually create more life. Yeah. So if it can master it, it's it'll be key. Mm. Like that's why, like a lot of people or a lot of males tend to 
do a lot better later on in life after they're married because they're not going out there seeking mm. like, um, sexual pleasure. Mm -hmm. But like, have you have you guys ventured into like tantra and any of that stuff as well? I haven't personally. Yeah, yeah, like you know, I've I've touched base with it. I've met people with it. I've explored very basic principles. Yeah. Um, for myself, it's just again, it's like okay, I have my band. I have this much bandwidth right, in my life, and what am I going to spend it on? And I'm not saying this is to avoid, but right now for me, it's like, you know, amongst men, it's my training, it's like this. And maybe Tantra and those sexual practices will come into my life later. Do I feel like it's a necessity for me right now? No. no you know, do I feel like, oh, like oh, I'm a fucking great lover, you know, like, yeah. you know, just who I am as a person, the way that I love life, and I love women, and I honor that, and in the way that I show up in the bedroom, and in my intimate relationships, sexual and non-sexual, I'm really proud of who I am. So first, personally for me, I don't feel called like, oh, I, there's a gap here that I feel like I need to fulfill. Maybe later in life, once we fucking take Amongst Men Global and it's decentralized and happening all over the world, maybe then I'll, you know, sit yeah. on my mat and tickle my balls a bit more, but, you yeah, know, yeah. it's tickle my balls. Also, this dude is the lover archetype. Like, we, we joke about this all the time. He's a fucking lover, man. <laughs> and yeah. this, I actually just want to bring this up while the space is here. It's like kind of talking about sexuality and men's sexuality and hurt people hurting people and something that fucks with me, man, is mm. men who disrespect women mm. and men who objectify women as sexual objects and the hunt and the chase and all that, like, it just fucks, it just really hurts me. It upsets mm. me a lot, mm. you know? Like, I think the feminine, they have so much, they are beautiful, man. They are so beautiful. They have so much to teach us. They are the mm. mothers of this earth. And for all these um, boys, you know, boys in a male body to be, chasing the way they yeah. chase and treating them the way they treat mm. them is like, that's something we really need to address. Yeah. Like it's yeah, yeah. straight up facts. It's a, it's a mental illness, man. It's a mental illness. And, and I'm very grateful for the opportunity in amongst men, um, you know, to create a space where men get to kind of explore their sexuality and explore mm. like giving a lap dance to a woman and using that as a sacred art, like a service. Mm. Can you honor this queen that is sitting on this chair in front of you? Throne. Yeah, on this mm. throne, you know? Yeah. Like, she is this beautiful thing, you know? Whether you're attracted or not, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, here's, a, here's another human being as a person. Yeah. Can we start to cultivate a healthy relationship with the way that we engage with mm. the opposite gender? Mm. Um, and, yeah, and I had a friend recently ask me, like, oh, man, I've got this cricket club, and maybe it'd be really cool if you could teach us, like, how to lap dance. We could run this one-day workshop. And I was like, no. He's like, what? I was like, nah, bro, like this is sacred, this is special. Like, I'm not mm. just going to teach any fucking man how to send a lap dance or how to connect with a woman because he might abuse that power. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want yeah. that out there. You know, That's I want to teach and embody these principles to fucking men who can show up and be responsible. Mm. So it's like, yeah, yeah. it's, it's your, your 10 week program or nothing, essentially. Eight, eight weeks, eight, week eight weeks program. Mm. And, and it's not only about that eight week program or nothing. It's just, mm. um, once again, boundaries, man. Like, with cultivating your sexual power and understanding who you are sexually, that is powerful. That is real power because you have the, yeah, the option to create things in reality in the physical dimension and also mm. to, like, women, are, women fucking froth that, bro. They love it. <laughs> they love it. And fucking do. This is, a test. <laughs> this is a test as to who you are as a man. Mm -hmm. um, and... This is why I fucking love you and why you're the like co-founder of this movement, man. Because you make decisions like that where it's no, you're not going to simply get this gift that we want to give to men mm. without understanding everything about like what it is to be a man and just sure. get the cherry on top. Yeah, it's not about that. It's about um, 
helping men truly embody who they are and valuing sex so much and who they are in this world as men mm. because we can't have men running around abusing um, yeah, abusing their power. This, this gift of like lap dancing and the skill set mm. of lap dancing for sex to just fill another void, mm. to, to fill yeah. another hole and to mm. consider women as holes like it's and, and feelings and it's not, yeah, mm. not what we want, bro. No, straight up. I respect that, man. Yeah. I really do, yeah. guys. Where can people find you? Are you guys on social media? What, what are the... Yeah, social uh, media, definitely yeah. where it's at. Yeah. At Amongst Men. Yes. Uh, you'll find us on pretty much most platforms. Uh, we will also be dropping our own podcast pretty nice. soon. Oh, okay. We're excited about it. So we'd love to have you. Yeah, we have to have you kings yeah. in there. Oh, yeah. For sure. It would be a pleasure. And uh, sure. yeah, as individuals, uh, at Callum Barton and uh, at Chocolate Daddy. At Chocolate Daddy. Chocolate Daddy. Chocolate Daddy. Yeah. It was beautiful, man. I have to live yeah. up to it and I love yeah. it, bro. Yeah, I love mm. it. <laughs> Thank you, kings, yeah. for yeah. this amazing experience. Big gratitude for you guys coming down, sharing your time with us and also big respect to what you guys are doing, you know? Okay. I know it wouldn't have been like the easy thing to get up and do, yeah. you know, to build a course, build a program to really help out men. It's good to see people of service stepping up, yeah. especially guys who are young, you know? It's good to see like the control coming back to yeah. the, the, the custodians of the planet, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, really doing a massive service, so appreciate it. Mm, I think mm. it's one of the most beautiful things, like, because I think it's like seeing people connect purpose through love, like, you know, like mm. you're, you have this purpose and you're so well ingrained within this purpose, but this purpose is based upon a foundation of servitude and love. Yes, bro. And, and seeing that is empowering, you know yes, what I mean? Bro. It's, it's a, it's a and, it, and it takes a certain person to be able to see that. So I want to acknowledge that in you because, yeah. you know, and I had to, I had to say this about it, Mark Sand, it's, it's not a fucking dance movement. Yeah. You know, and, and, and people think they're coming to learn that down, but so much more is happening. We could have picked anything, bro. You could pick fucking sewing or knitting or like chess. Outdoor adventure. At, whatever. As a medium. And you're using that as a medium to create connection, using it as a medium for personal development, using it as a medium for uh, spirituality, you know, and we've just picked something, you know, dancing and stripping that, that we love, that we have experience in, that we think is fucking great and, and really mm. necessary, but it can occur in so many forms. Mm. And I really encourage people, anyone out there watching, like if you have a passion, something you want to bring to life, like not only do it, but see if there's a way that you can add value to other people's lives in that process that, mm. through that service, through that love. So yeah. what you guys are doing just here. So Beautiful. big love yeah. and blessings to both you yeah. and holding yeah. us in this space also. Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah. Mm. Just a quick question to add on. How has your concept of money and energy changed since starting your own company and building something of your mm. own? Mm. I want to say firstly, by starting my own company or um, taking, going on this journey of like entrepreneurship, not only money and energy, but everything about me, um, it's a direct reflection of who I am. Mm. And yeah, to just give a little bit of context on my journey, I was working nine to five for Telstra, dropped drop that to part time, so I was only working like um, three to four days a week. And the rest of the time I was doing Amongst Men and I experienced like this contrast of fulfillment when I was in Amongst Men, I was like, <gasps> This is my fullest expression. I feel so me here. I can be whoever I want, but I'm, I feel so at home and I'm, and I'm feeling great. And that fulfillment when um, I'm working in Telstra is a fucking box, bro. Mm. And I have the deepest um, respect for Telstra and like what they gifted me on this journey of who I am. But who I am compared to who Telstra is, is, is just didn't align. Yeah. But I was in that environment for a very long time. So my body was, 
used to the safety and security. My body was used to showing up to work and working a nine-to-five. And I was so programmed and used to that um, condition of life. And when I experienced this, there was a moment, bro, where my body collapsed. I was at work and I felt this crushing thing. My ribs were being pulled together. I couldn't breathe, man. I couldn't breathe. And I've never had that experience in my life but at work I was just like I can't breathe and I just like fell on the ground and everyone surrounded me and they had like ambulance come and pick me up I've never been picked up by an ambulance before in my whole life and that was the first moment where I was under so much pressure and it was because I was doing something that I knew I shouldn't be doing and I still put my body there regardless of this fulfilling experience that I had so this transition here man was regulating my body to be able to hold that so after that I had back-to-back -back panic attacks really really bad anxiety attacks panic attacks was so bad that I passed out bro I lost consciousness of who I was and it and when I came back um, people that were holding me were like man you look so afraid you look like you're gonna like what did you see over there and I'm like man I fucking felt like I died I felt like I fucking just died. That's what it felt like. And my body just couldn't hold it. Couldn't hold this transition that I was going to. And money was the same. Pleasure was the same. Self-love was all in that regulation of, you know, care for myself. And I realized I had to do more breathing. I had to regulate my body. I had to, um, yeah, man. And also another big journey was I was so inflamed with stress mm. from this transition of leaving, like, of taking that leap of faith that fly moment it's not as grandiose as it is it's <laughs> fucking messy bro i was riddled with so much stress infected with so much bacteria in my stomach that it's i'm still finding uh who i am with diet and bro for a whole month i didn't eat food i ate smooth i drank smoothies and drank soup because my body was still regulating from this change wow. oh damn and it was so severe bro like my skin was so itchy my whole body i I couldn't, I couldn't live in my skin. That's how conditioned I was in the system, bro. And like more ocean dips, cold dips, breath work. I just had to dive in and look after myself and, and, and like really caring for myself uh, and feeling my energy through this whole process mm. and coming to the understanding of who I actually am energetically in this world um, is still something that I'm practicing uh, and I probably don't do more, more of. I should do more of. Um, is, yeah, it's given me such an understanding of um, who I can be when I'm away from safety and security and in, mm. in, at the edge, mm. at the edge, on the edge with God or with the source, mm. um, away from the <clears throat> comfort zone. And that has given me, yeah, a really good understanding of energy, money, pleasure, mm. because on that edge, bro, it's just... Um, I'm always pushing. So yeah. this year I've made the most income that I've ever made in my whole life. Mm. And like last week was the most amount of money that I would have ever made in, in a week. And, and that figure, I wouldn't have even imagined it to be possible at the start mm. of this year. Mm. That's abundance right oh, there. That's abundance, mm. yeah. I, tr I truly feel like you did die that day. And now you're, you're embodying so much more of your higher self and, and spiritual energy that your body needed that time to integrate it. You know what I mean? Because when you're channeling higher energies, your body mm. reacts in certain ways. Mm. So now that you're so much more powerful, your body's been upgraded. Mm. So like, this is like literally the new, the new you, like with a full ego death, it seemed like, you know, literally crushing you from the inside out. 
Chocolate Daddy 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, I remember for myself, like, yeah, I touched on earlier, this kind of mm. traditional life path I went, you know, I remember flipping through my course guide of university, like, till the spine broke, trying to find something that speaks to me. Mm. Of course, none of it spoke to me. Chose something that I hated, I didn't like it from day one, and I stuck at it for two and a half years. What was it? Construction management and economics. Mm. Oh, okay, so yeah. I was going to be like a project manager on a construction site. Yeah. You know, and I was like, yeah. And, and you know why I chose it? I chose it because I thought it would be a, a job that I could that would be half decent. I could put up with and was going to pay me a lot of money. Oh, you could just you could just bear. With it. Yeah. I, could, I could bear with it. I, could, yeah. I was like, I could bear with it, mm-hmm. and I'll get paid a lot of money, and you know, whatever. And then I went and had the experience of working on a construction site out in Highgate and Lord Street, and it was a dump, man. Like the dealing with the tradies and the energetics and the long hours and the fact that my boss had a boss and the boss had a boss and the boss. And I was like, man. So my first breakthrough moment was like finding this course online and I'm always looking for shit. Like I'm always looking for, you know, what is genuine? What is the next, um, you know, opportunity or pathway? And I tried network marketing and I tried all this other shit that didn't align. Yeah. And I found this course, it was called Job Killing. And it was like, kill your job, kill your nine to five. And I was like, that is cool. And they taught me how to build websites and how to generate leads online. So as a 21 year old, I left uni, I quit my job and I started my first entrepreneurial effort or attempt and for three years I ran a business in this space building websites and Mm. doing all that and I am by no means a financial expert if anything finances is probably one of my weakest areas of life but Mm. what I've learned through this journey through then that journey and then I I left that and then I started doing the kids stuff the camps and now I'm here with the monks men is there are so many ways to make money like there there are so many options man in 2021 bro it's the creative potential is is incredible. Now it is also overwhelming, right? Because there are too many options. True. Shiny objects. But shiny objects fucking area. And I'm like, like constantly. But you know, I learned through that journey that hey, if if I put my mind and heart to something, there are ways that I can make money that align that feel good for me. And now I won't settle for anything less. Like mm. that's why I was like amongst men, boom, I want in, you know? And even with my job, I said I personal train today. I turned down five PT jobs until I found one that I was like, I feel good about working here because the money that I earn and the time that I spend is valuable and I mm. want it to be something that, that is aligned. Um, and now coming into next year with Amongst Men, we are upping the price it's like significantly mm. and we are offering something that is actually, it's, it's fully worth it, mm. but it's challenging Doug and I. It's like, shit, is it, is it, is it worth this much? Like, you know, these kind yeah, of conversations, yeah. like, mm. can we really, can we really charge that much? And the, the fact is, yes, we can. And mm. it's important. Factually, we can. Yeah. Factually, yeah, like we costs, can. Yeah. And, and it's the body. Mm. It is. And, and yeah. because when you are passionate about something, you associate mm. your own worth with it, you know? Yeah. So it's like, am I worthy of, yeah. you know, this price figure? And it's not actually about you. It's about the movement and the service and the value. The men who leave there being like, I would have paid way more for that, but we associate, attach ourselves to that. So I think it's important yeah. on this journey that, you know, find ways to make money and do it in meaningful ways and allow it to challenge you, you know, because if yeah. we are asking these men to step into challenge, then we must mm. find ways to challenge ourselves. And if that includes a big fat price figure that we know is worth it, then, mm. you know, I think it's a beautiful journey. It's also it's fuel in the yeah. business, you know, it you, is want to, you want to grow this company in we, we have vision, man. Yeah, we just want to serve, bro. You know, yeah. it's like it's beyond us, bro. Like this <laughs> yeah. is this is way beyond us. And man. yeah, money is like a medium for 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 exchange and in, in, in influence. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and I love what you said, bro. Um, worth you are so worth it. Mm. Like 
unworthiness was what didn't allow me to hold that in my reality because I felt mm. unworthy of having this much money or living the life that I'm living, bro. Mm. Unworthiness was what was riddled in my body. Mm. Yeah, truth. Yeah. Where do you see this man dance? You're like, you're fucking so worthy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. that's a wrap. Thank that you. Is a wrap. Part Thanks, two. Bro. Yeah, yeah. No Part worries. Two.